Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey podcast, episode number, well, I guess episode zero, or our trailer episode. We're going to be joining you every week to talk IT career, news, and opinions based on our points of view. I'm your host, John White, at VJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing great, John. I just want to make sure everybody knows that we're both VMware solutions engineers, so our topics are definitely going to have a data center slant. But hopefully our career discussions will be relevant across disciplines and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcast or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Great, great. How was that opening for you, Nick? You know, I really liked it, John, but I think since this is the pilot episode, we should we should pause here and tell our listeners how this podcast came to be. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, this is our launch episode, so let's talk a little bit about um, what we're doing here and why. Um, as you mentioned, we're both VMware Solutions Engineers, but we both came from IT operations positions in small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, in reflecting on our careers, we both kind of realized that our progression was a lot slower than it could have been. So the core idea of this podcast is to identify and offer the type of career advice we both wish we'd gotten along the way. And I'll just jump in and add that slower doesn't mean we should have changed jobs sooner or or got to a pre-sales role quicker. It just means that we wish we would have made career advancement more of a priority earlier and realized all the opportunities out there for advancement as far as learning and doing different things, either in your current role or in another one. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that career advancement means changing jobs. You could do your current job in a more senior position or senior title. Um, maybe you could be a manager over a team like the one that you're on currently, or maybe you have a slightly different, more senior role at a, in a different division in the company that you currently work for. Or, you know, like Nick and I, you know, at a certain point in time, maybe you want to actually change who you work for and the type of job that you have. So all of those things are falling under the fall under the category of career advancement. And and like I said earlier, too, we, I don't think we want to 100 percent focus on purely on career. There's always going to be things that happen in the industry in IT that we're probably going to jump in and, you know, talk a little bit about like news that comes out and, uh, you know, like today, actually, uh, we're going to maybe I'll jump into the topics that we're actually going to talk about. Um, we're going to cover IT conferences. Um, VMworld is coming up for us. That's our company's employer's biggest conference. Um, but we want to really talk about uh, IT conferences as career catalysts, you know, a place where you can really kickstart your career or, or kickstart change and advancement in your career. We're also going to be talking about surviving and thriving at IT conferences. Again, not just VMworld. Um, and then I think we we're going to talk a little bit and give a, a slight preview in, in the upcoming uh, podcast topics that we have queued up for you. So with that in mind, let's jump into it. Nick, IT conferences as career catalysts. Uh, what are your initial impressions? Do you, did you, do you feel like you've had uh, advancement in your IT career because of going to conferences? Absolutely, man. So I've only been to three. I've been to Spice World in Austin. That's more of an IT generalist conference. I have been to the Epicor conference. If you're into ERP software, that was a cool one. And I got to go to VMworld last year. So as far as career catalyst, I mean, 
it's amazing to meet all the people that go that do what you do and learn from them and see what are they doing in their environment? How is it different from yours? How is it the same as yours? Maybe they've already solved a problem that you're looking to solve. Because usually when you go to conferences like this, you probably have your top five challenges in mind already off the top of your head, ready to pick someone else's brain about. And (laughs) it's usually the person right across the room from you. Yeah, it's a very good point because you're probably going to a conference of like-minded people. And and even if it's a, a larger conference like VMworld where there's 20,000 or 25,000 people, then, you know, you, you're, there's probably a, a subset of those people who are um, approaching the same types of challenges. I uh, Similar to you, I went to, you know, a few different kinds of conferences. Um, I've been to VMworld. I've been to uh, Spiceworks. Like you said, it's a SMB IT generalist conference. And, and I went to... Um, uh, a vendor uh, conference uh, when I was an IT operator as well. We Our ERP solution at the company I work for um, had an annual conference, and I went to that several times. And each one of those, like, I think was, you know, I, I was able to to kind of make career connections. And, and once I made it a priority, you know, it was, it was definitely something that happened. I, I'm probably LinkedIn connected with most of the people that I met at those conferences that I you know, exchanged uh, more than a few words with and, and, you know, still maintain connections with them to this day. That's awesome. And I think it just gives you this excitement. You know, you're there, everyone is talking about something in the same technology space. I don't know, but for me, it was always very refreshing to be there and learn about what's new with this particular technology that I'm not thinking about in my day-to-day job. I'm, I'm outside my bubble and really ready to soak in everything I can. You know, my, my boss at a previous job used to think I was insane for the amount of learning I wanted to do at conferences, but he always encouraged me <laughs> to go because he knew that I got a ton out of it. And honestly, you're going to get out of it what you decide to put into it. Don't you think? Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, it's, it's that decision that you make to and the agenda that you you put together for yourself, right? So, if you um, make learning a priority, for example, um, that's something that can really help you. And and you look for opportunities for learning, and you take advantage of those opportunities. For example, um, you know the conference again, our employer puts on has a uh, situation where they put together like certification track training and and non certification track training in the week before the conference. So, you know. F- if that's something that's interesting to you, then, um, you know, making those things a priority, you know, figuring out ahead of time where you're going to get the money um, from your organization to, to help you do that, you know, all important things. Yeah, absolutely. So you touched on something, you touched on something else there. Uh, th- that was that kind of sense of camaraderie and community that you can get out of uh, going to conferences too. Can you, uh, you know, maybe expound a little bit on, on that? You, it sounds like you made connections and and you you had almost like a like a more communal experience um, sure with the people that you're connected with you know think about the social circles of people in your life whether it's at work or maybe at church or some hobby you have whether it's podcasting or a sport you play there's a a different thing a different set of things you're going to talk about with those people Uh, a different level of uh, connection you have with them because of what you're doing. And it's the same way when you're at these conferences, 
you can sit down at a, a lunch table or breakfast table. I like to do this. Just sit down with a bunch of people you don't know and talk to them. And you, you would be shocked at how much you have in common with these folks. And you immediately feel like you have a friend and that you're not alone in whatever struggle you have at your business to solve a technology problem. That's, that's yeah, the way I yeah. approached it. And some of those 15 minute conversations over lunch or breakfast, as you said, kept me in contact with that person for, for quite a while and maybe even still to this day. Yeah. So maybe some, you know, actionable advice that, that we'd uh, give you there. I think Nick, you mentioned it, you know, sit with people that you don't know, um, you know, at meals um, rather than stay inside your comfort zone, maybe take a bunch of business cards and exchange them with, uh, you know, specifically have the you know agenda to exchange business cards with people um, at those meals and, and then stay in touch with them, you know, look them up on LinkedIn and, and reach out and contact and, and then follow up after the conference. And these people may be in some online forum that you frequent as well, you know, such as yeah, the Spice community, for example, or VMTN. I, that, you know, that word community that you mentioned, it, it reminds me, you know, you can make plans to meet up with people that you are in online communities with at these conferences. If there's a group of people that you follow on Twitter and you or you interact with on Twitter or you are in the online forums for a vendor, for example, again, we're just going to use the VMworld um, example. If you frequent the VMware forums communities uh, and there's a group of people that you know and interact with routinely there, you know, hey, why not make a make a point of reaching out to them in you know via those uh, communities or DMs or whatever, and say, hey, you know, are you going to this conference? Do you want to meet up? Do you want to grab lunch together? You know, pick a date, pick a time, pick their brain, reinforce that sense of community. And you really would like be that idea. you would be shocked at how open people are to that. Oh, sure, I'll talk to you. You know, people don't mind talking about the things they're doing and the things they want to do, and it's pretty amazing. You know, how many people do you stalk on Twitter and LinkedIn these days, John, and, and try to meet at conferences? About 50? <laughs> 50. That's a, I think you're off by a factor of six. I'm up to like 300. Oh, man. Sorry. 300 people that are stalking. Twitter stalking. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're, if you're ever sitting at a breakfast or lunch table at a conference with John and you get a LinkedIn invite, you'll know why. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny that you say that, but I, I do kind of make it a point to look them up right away while we're talking and then do an invite right then and there because I'm terrible at uh, remembering to do it later. <laughs> Show them your phone. Say, Is this you? Just confirm that for me. This picture doesn't look exactly like you, so I just want to make sure. <laughs> I mean, you're joking, but I definitely do that. 100% do that. I love it. Is man. this you? Is this you? Yep. Absolutely. I've done that. <laughs> um. I really like this topic, but uh, do you want to maybe transition to talking about actually surviving and thriving at IT conferences? Sure. So when you're at an IT conference, it's a busy time. You know, you have sessions that you can go to and learn things. There are going to be meals you can go to and talk to people. There are special community events. There may be other sessions just not part of the conference necessarily, but put on by a, a community forum. And then you know, there are always going to be evening events, shindigs, get togethers to encourage that camaraderie. And then maybe you also have work knocking on your back door like, oh, hey, you need to help us with this. You're supposed to be on call while you're at the conference. How do you how do you manage all that? But you do have to get sleep. I mean, 
I've talked to people and I don't know how they survive conferences because they're out every night really late and miss, <laughs> miss part of the next day and kind of miss out on, on some of the fun of the conference. So you definitely do have to sleep because if you don't, it's highly likely that you're going to get sick after you come back and nobody wants a conference crud, right? Oh my goodness. No, I, this is going to sound uh, crazy, but I kind of made it a personal agenda to be there at the opening of breakfast every morning. Um, and so a lot, at a lot of these conferences, you know, they'll have breakfast starting at six thirty or six or seven. And I would always have it in my agenda to be there at the, when breakfast opened up and not because I love getting up early and not because I love eating breakfast first thing in the morning, but because it changed my behavior the night before. If I'm going to get to breakfast at 7 a.m., that means I probably need to wake up no later than six to get going, which means if I'm going to get, you know, six or seven hours of sleep, I need to be in the hotel room by 11. And then that means I need to leave, you know, an event by 10, 15, et cetera, et cetera. So if you work backwards, you do a reverse timeline, it really changes your behavior the night before. So Yeah. And that's 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 six or seven hours is probably way higher than the average attendees amount of sleep each night. <laughs> oh man, I am nice. I I am old. I turned forty five this year and I I'm an old 45. I cannot operate on multiple nights of three hours of sleep anymore. That is just a non-option for me. So, <laughs> not only I mean, plus at these oh, go ahead. At the conferences, you're, you're walking, you know, just miles and miles and miles. And, and sometimes in like dress shoes, right, depending on the uh, dress code that your company is asking you to keep. Um, so, yeah, not necessarily. Comfy shoes are a must for sure. If yeah. If the conference venue is massive and you have to go, you know, between rooms that are, you know, half a mile apart, you need some comfortable shoes so that you're not dying at the end of the day. So even if they are dressy, they better be comfortable. I think most any blogger who writes about a, going to a conference will say comfy shoes. Don't don't bring yeah. new shoes. Bring shoes that you have broken in some. <laughs> right, right. And you can, you're, uh, break those in the, the three weeks before, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wear thick socks so you don't get blisters, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Of course, you have to stay hydrated. I mean, Ooh. you're going from session to session or talking to person to person. You you better stay hydrated there or you're going to get tired. You're going to get headaches. You're, you're going to be out of energy. Yeah. You're talking about all indoor sessions mm-hmm. with like air conditioning blasting throughout. So it's always dry, super dry air indoors and uh you're going to get dehydrated you're just you're not going to realize it but you will so um just you know drink that water like they give away water bottles like it's nobody's nobody's business at these conferences right Mm -hmm. so you you maybe take a water bottle but almost be certain that somebody's going to give you a water bottle pretty early on and they they post you know they have water everywhere at these conferences so do it. And hopefully Drink the water, water. bottle you get is BPA free, right? I mean, that's a requirement now. Yeah, that's super important because <laughs> of reasons that I have, I don't know. Some somebody else can tell you about why that's super important, but yeah. It's a it's a feature, it's a value that I don't understand. But yeah, it's okay. Whatever. <laughs> you also have to be careful about what you pack. 
I mean, don't you have to bring an extra suitcase for swag to every conference like this so you can get four or five T-shirts and whatever cool goodies they have at the vendor booths? Yeah, so if you want to talk about packing, you can talk about packing on both sides, what to bring and then what to take. So I no longer pick up T-shirts. That's just a me thing. Like, you know, people give away T-shirts. I do not take them because there's, I have a lot of T-shirts um, and I don't need any more, especially ones that say, you know, XYZ Conference 2014, you know, like <laughs> just just uh, not useful to me. So I generally don't pick them up and that means I don't have to pack them out. I usually have to get rid of some T-shirts because I'm bringing new ones into the fold and it's it's a rule in our household that you need to get rid of some if you're going to bring some more in because certain is that, people is that feel the, like I have more t-shirts than any human requires. <laughs> is that the, the Cordy family rule? T-shirt in, t-shirt out? Something like that, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Rule rule of the roost. Yeah. I mean, there's there's t-shirts that, that <laughs> almost the only t-shirt that I will pick up is a super soft one. Um, that maybe my wife would like to wear. <laughs> so if it's like super soft, high quality cotton, then maybe I'll try to get in a women's size. And, you know, or if they only have men's sizes, then it's like a sleep shirt. Great. You know, but uh, just about the only kind. And here's a pro tip on that. You know, if you're the only person that goes from your company, bring some stuff back for the people who couldn't go, especially your boss, since they're probably the one who approved you to go in the first place. So if you see a little something they might like, bring it back for them. Yeah, that's a really good, in a, really good point. In addition to your like twenty-five shirts and whatever other swag you pick up, twenty-five shirts, thirty water bottles. Is that <laughs> right. that's the other like super bulky thing? Is water bottles? Like, um, yeah. you know, a lot of people give away water bottles too, and you're probably going to get conference water bottle. Um, man, you pick up three or four water bottles, and where are you going to put them? I guess you could stuff them full of t-shirts. Now you're talking. Right? Get a vacuum <laughs> sealer. See how many you get in there. Great. Now you got to pack the vacuum sealer. <laughs> get, a, get a mini. <laughs> well, then you, you also have to worry about time management. I mean, we talked about time for sleep. You have to have time to go to sessions and meet with vendors and meet with people. And how do you Absolutely. do it all? Don't you, and some people I mean, probably I, have to have time to work, too. <laughs> I live and die by my calendar. You know, so everything is calendared as far as I'm concerned. So um, if, I, if I'm going to meet somebody for 15 minutes, I put it on the calendar, you know, and then I confirm it. You know, I actually send an invite to that person. And, you know, if they don't accept, then I, you know, ping them, you know, a little bit earlier. Hey, we're still going to do this uh, later on today, you know, so on and so forth. So I think that, you know, not everybody does that, but I find that super useful. I want to see a you? screenshot of your calendar from last year's VMworld in the show notes. I think that'd be pretty cool. Show the users Mine how organized actually, you are. My, that one's actually pretty simple because I was working on hands-on labs uh, uh, last year. So it would just be six hours hands-on labs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a there's like a religious debate about do you go to sessions, do you not go to sessions if they're recorded and you can watch them later. So I like to go to sessions but I don't fill it up so much that I don't have flexible time to go and talk to other people, you know, try and go to the sessions that are going to be the most impactful to you, whether it's learning something that will help you solve a problem now, 
or learning a new technology that really interests you. But it's I find them valuable. And then, as you said, you know, make some time to go and visit with other folks, whether it's during meals or or after hours, because not everybody goes to all the after events. You know, they may be looking for a quiet dinner and just a chit chat. So. Very true. Keep that in mind. Very true. Yeah. I mean, conferences like VMworld, I I don't know how um, common this is, actually. I know that VMworld a couple of years ago, went to a model where every single recorded session is available to the general public for free. Uh, so the entire session back catalog is available. Um, and they make that available after the VMworld Europe show. So um, this year, I think it's they're separated by like almost six weeks. So the idea that, oh, hey, in just a couple of weeks, I can you know look at all these recorded sessions is not necessarily true. You know, it's going to be four plus weeks away, six weeks, maybe depending on how quickly they get, get them all out. You know, somebody has got to edit those things and transcode them and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I think that going to sessions is super important. I think hands-on labs, you know, especially if you have pressing problems that you're, you're trying to solve, um, those can be super important too. Maybe that's, uh, you know, maybe very specific to VM world. Um, and you know, I don't know what other, uh, vendors do. Um, so, you know, something to think about. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've seen some guided sessions like that uh, available at other conferences and it is, it is super helpful. Yeah. What else, John, what do you, what else do you need to survive and thrive at an IT conference? I mean, so I'm going to say something about, uh, drinking. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a non-drinker. Um, I drink probably pretty lightly as a social drinker. Um, but it's, it's too easy to, to, to drink too much, especially at a conference where you get invited to a social hour that's sponsored by a vendor or something and all the drinks are free. It's just, it's just too easy to get carried away there. So, you know, you just got to be careful, uh, know where your limit is. And, and, uh, again, my plan is always like, well, I gotta be a breakfast at seven or whenever the breakfast doors open. So, um, that, that changes my behavior as I roll up to uh, bedtime. So yeah, just, just be aware. I mean, if somebody tells me they want me to go drinking with them, I'm hoping it's Starbucks because that's the only place I'm taking shots with you. <laughs> Nick and that cold brew, man, <laughs> cannot pry you away from that cold brew. Espresso, warm espresso. Oh, or just okay. black coffee. Well, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a rough thing too, especially if you're, uh, I know there's also non-drinkers out there. Um, and you know how it's, you're trying to accomplish like multiple things, right? The camaraderie, the community sense of community. And sometimes, you know, for some people like that means going out drinking, um, and you want to, you know, network with them. You want to develop that sense of community and camaraderie, but maybe you're not a drinker. Well, you know, having a strategy for that is, is reasonable too, right? To, you know, either you're going to be the person who uh, kind of corrals everybody or you have like a, you know, tonic and water and lime and and you find the, the few other people who aren't drinking or are drinking, you know, only socially or in moderation and you chat with them. Right. Or you, lots of things that can be done. Or you try to meet that person during the day at the conference where drinking is not occurring. Maybe that maybe you're not uncomfortable with that, you know, that kind of thing. 
Hey, Nick, didn't you actually have a couple blog posts uh, on this topic? Absolutely. So right before VMworld last year, I put together this collection of VMworld podcasts that people talked about what their tips and tricks would be to make the most of the conference, good sessions that are out there. Who knows? Some of those may be repeated this year. But I also have a different blog where I compiled several different articles I wrote for Spiceworks about what it's like to be at VMworld, about making the most out of a tech conference, using your time wisely and talking with vendors, what it was like to be a part of the VMworld hackathon. And I, I hope those will be helpful to people, what the key announcements and sessions were for last year. So all those things, people are going to be blogging about those this year, specific to VMworld, but I think it'd be valuable to anybody that's trying to make the most of a tech conference. Awesome. So we'll put the links to those uh, down in the uh, um, notes. Sounds good. I think that's all I had for IT conferences. Do you want to maybe start talking about upcoming podcast topics? Yeah, so some teasers for what we're going to talk about in upcoming podcasts. We're going to give you some insight on what it's like to work at VMware. Don't worry, managers. We're not going to give away trade secrets. We just want to give people a feel for what it's like. And another one is prioritizing career advancement. You know, how do you start? How do you make career advancement in some form or fashion a priority to yourself? And Yeah, what are those first steps, right? Sure. And what about interviewing for new positions? How do you approach that? You know, how do you be super yeah. secret so no one else knows? <laughs> well, no, sometimes it's like interviewing for new positions, you know, at your current job. Sure. Right. You know, a new supervisor came up or a team lead and they go through a round of interviews to selection. So sometimes it's, you know, it doesn't have to be a secret. It doesn't have to be changing positions. You know, career advancement, again, doesn't mean going to work for a new company. So Right. Work-life work balance. Work-life balance. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We, we talked about that. Um, so... Yeah, that's a big, big topic in in the uh, in the IT uh, community, especially with you know being on pager duty. I don't know why we call it that, but being on call, um, you know, it's how do you how do you manage that? Right, resume writing. John is the master at writing resumes. He has helped me tweak mine before. So, a lot of good tips from the master here. Well, I'll, I'll say I. I I synthesized a lot of information that I read and, and, you know, I have some experience too, but yeah, if we can pass along those tips and, you know, you know, make sure the ladder is down behind us, you know, after we've climbed up, that's the whole goal. (laughs) There you go. And how about thinking of company culture when you're considering career advancement? How does that affect whether you go to a different company or not, or stay at your current one? Yeah, very true. Very true. And then uh, I think, we have a uh, probably a recurring segment that we're going to do, um, which is reacting to popular uh, media career advice. So there's tends to be a lot of blogs, you know, like uh, Nick, these are Nick's favorite, by the way, and it has generally has a number, and it says you know things that you must do in order to X, right? So <laughs> seven things you must do every day in LinkedIn is one that seems to come up a lot, or you know three things that you have to do monthly to your to your resume um and so um we it's almost impossible to not call this questionable career advice like i'm just going to say that i think we tried to change the name to like questioning career advice (laughs) but it just still seems to come back to questionable career advice now it's not all actually questionable some of it's actually quite good but um 
questionable career advice seems to be very, very catchy and impossible to move off of. Yeah, so. and the blog watch just wasn't enough for that segment. So, <laughs> blog watch. Blog watch. <laughs> Love it. Well, I think that's it for the topics that we had uh, planned. So, anything else pop in your mind while we talk? I just want to say, as far as the podcast goes, this really is about the journey. You know, many steps are along the way on your journey, whatever that is, wherever you're headed. Maybe you don't know what you want to be when you grow up because I'm not sure we do, but (laughs) hopefully as you journey along, some of the things we say will help. And we certainly want to know, and we, we definitely want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple podcast or wherever you're listening. If we're being helpful, we're always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at nerd journey. Nice. So uh, farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at V Journeyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore signing off. Adios. Adios.